Hello everyone and welcome to Christ Fellowship Online. My name is Jeannie Rodriguez and I want to thank you so much for joining us. If this is your first time, I want to invite you to pause the broadcast and fill out a connection card at cfmemory.org connect. This will help us connect with you and know how we can best serve you during this season. And now, a special message by Pastor Omar. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel. And here's where we're going to be zeroing in today for this weekend, which has what? A little louder, which has what? Which has come to you, which came to the community of Colossae. That is the word of the Lord. You go ahead and take a seat, everybody. You know, growing up, did you have a movie that you watched over and over and over and over? Yeah? You know, we all had that movie. I was no different. I had several movies. And the movie that I watched a bunch of times was Apollo 13. You guys remember Apollo 13, yeah? And uh, I remember as a young, a young kid uh, during the summer breaks, I would take my VHS, my Apollo 13, to my friend Johnny, Johnny Fields' home, and we would just watch a movie all throughout the summer. You know, there's something about space that I think is just fascinating uh, for all of us. In fact, last year, we celebrated as a nation NASA's landing on the moon for the very first time. 50 years ago, that happened. Now, from its inception, NASA's mission, the reason that NASA exists is to lead the world in space exploration. But, but it wasn't until 1962 where President John F. Kennedy gave NASA and gave us the vision, the goal for that program. And that vision was to get a man on the moon safely and then bring him back safely back home by the end of the decade. In fact, take a look at this video, video where JFK reveals the vision for NASA. Take a look. But why some say the moon? Why choose this as our goal? And they may well ask, why climb the highest mountain? Why 35 years ago fly the Atlantic? Why does Rice play Texas? We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. But because they're hard, right? And the United States of America rallied around this bold and daring vision. And when the time came, those astronauts walked onto that Apollo rocket. Those engine boosters started rumbling and firing up, and that rocket went into the celestial heavens. And three short days later, those astronauts approached the surface of the moon. In fact, take a look at what happens then. Okay, engine stop. APA at a descent. Hold control both auto descent engine command override off. Engine arm off. 413 is in. We copy it down, Eagle. Listen, uh, 
And folks, once they landed on the moon, those astronauts began to walk on that lunar surface, and they sent back images, right? They're just amazing, right? You, watch, you see those pictures, and you're just in awe when you see those pictures. But in this weekend, I want to do a little pop quiz for us, all right, to see how much you know about this mission. Can we do that little quick, quick pop quiz? So this is, let's see how well you know the men on this mission. This was the, the first man who landed, who walked on the moon. Do you all know his name? Neil Armstrong, right? That's the name that many of us know, right? Neil Armstrong, first man to ever walk on the moon. Let's get a little harder now. Who's this guy? He was the second guy to walk on the moon. What was it? Wait, is it what, Buzz Lightyear? No, 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 no. Buzz Aldrin. It's Buzz Aldrin, right? So most people quickly know, yeah, Neil Armstrong, you know, 40% of us, 50%, you know, they kind of murmur Buzz Aldrin under their breath. But here's the thing. Even though there were two men who walked on the moon, there were actually three men on that mission. It's a little harder. Now, who is this guy? Huh? Yeah, like three people know Michael Collins, right? His name is Michael Collins, right? But the fact that we couldn't, barely anybody could remember his name is going to make my point. Because Michael Collins was actually the second in command in this mission, but never walked on the moon. In fact, he is the one person in this mission that was really critical to the mission, but oftentimes we can't even remember his name. To the degree, listen, that when the New York Times, they posted a picture, man lands on the moon, they put a picture of Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin, but where's Michael Collins? Nowhere to be found. And that is why oftentimes he is referred to as the forgotten astronaut. Now, before they left on this mission, before Apollo left, they knew that Michael Collins would never walk on the moon, right? He would stay in the module. So Deke Slayton, who was the, chief, the NASA chief at the time, approached Collins and said, listen, we know that you're not going to walk on the moon in this mission, but don't worry, because the moment that you get back to earth, we're going to put you on the next mission and you're going to be the leader of this one and you're going to walk on the moon and get your boots dirty and folks to the surprise of everyone he declined because he said Deke it doesn't matter what my role is in this mission it doesn't matter what my what what part I play as long as the mission is accomplished, that is what matters. That's what he said. In fact, in later years as he was interviewed, he said that what kept them focused and at peace right there in that module as they walked on that, on that moon is the words of his commander-in-chief, Jeff K., ringing in his ears, and telling him the vision and the mission of this endeavor. Fascinating story, right? Now, fam, let me just bring all of that over to our teaching for today. 
Because family is what an image of the mentality that every single believer should have. And by that I mean that just like Michael Collins embraced the mission and the vision that his commander in chief had given him to such a degree that he didn't care about his role. He didn't care about who got notoriety, who got publicity. As long as that mission and that vision was accomplished, folks, isn't just like that. And here's the big idea for this weekend. For us to accomplish the mission and the vision that Christ has given to us, Christ Fellowship, specifically as a church, every single one of us, listen, from the youngest ones to the oldest ones, listen, we need to embrace this mission and vision to such a degree that we don't care what role we play. That we don't care who gets the accolades. We don't care who gets the, Listen, as long as it is accomplished. Amen, family? And so you may be sitting there right now, one of our campuses, and you may be wondering, Pastor, what is the mission and vision of Christ Fellowship? And really, what's my role in it? Because, you know, I'm a... I, I love the Lord. I, I'm a casual attender. I come, I sit down, and I worship and all. But listen, pastor, is there a role for me here? What, 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 what can I do? What, what's, my, what's my part in this? Well, I'm glad you asked because we're going to find out from Colossians chapter 1. All right, so if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Colossians chapter 1. You can follow along in our listening guides as well as in our app. And today I have three thoughts for us today on what is our mission our vision, and what is your role in it. So write this down as point number one. Our mission, the reason Christ Fellowship exists, is very simple. It's to help you follow Jesus. Listen, nothing more, nothing less. It's to help you, to help people follow the Lord. Don't you love the simplicity of our mission, of what we exist now, during this year, you know, like I said earlier, we're going to be embarking on a long journey through the book of Colossians, verse by verse. And the book of Colossians is actually a letter that Paul wrote to a community uh, called um, Colossae. And I'm going to show you a little bit of, of, of where that's at. This is Italy right here. That's Greece. And Colossae is actually in modern-day Turkey. But here's what's interesting about this little community called Colossae is that opposed to other letters, Paul's other letters, Paul had never met face-to-face -face these Colossians. He had, never said, he had never seen them. In fact, chances are is that they are a byproduct out of Paul's ministry in Ephesus, which is very clear by, close by. And so the pastor in Colossae is, is an, went by the name of Epaphras. So as you read this passage, this book, when you see Epaphras, that's the pastor there of Colossae. And so Paul kind of picks up a pen and paper, right, and then sort of speak, and he writes a letter to his grandchild church, and listen to what he says. Listen to what he says. So we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we have heard of your faith. You see, he had never met them, so Man, he's been hearing about this, this church in this community of Colossae. 
says, we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Now, pause right there. Because it's evident that these people in Colossae were people who were following the Lord, right? They had put their faith in Christ. Uh, they had God's love in their heart. And now they have put their hope not on the things of this world, and the thing, but rather in the coming kingdom of heaven, right? They have put their hope. And family, isn't that our desire for the people who we love in our lives, right? Like our friends, our family, our coworkers that we see every day. Isn't our desire that they too would follow the Lord, put their faith in Christ, have God's love, have their hope? Listen, our, our, the reason we exist is to help people follow the Lord. But uh, what is interesting about this passage is that Paul continues and he describes, listen, how is it that these people began to follow Jesus? Listen to what it says next. It says, of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel which has come to you, which has come to you, right? But I was going to do it. Since the day you what? Uh, you heard, you heard, you heard. Since that's come. But here's the key I want to focus. Since, since, which has what? Come to you, right? Which means what? Meaning that there was a point in time, that there was a point in time that God's truth had not come to them. In fact, at one point in time, it is evident that the people in the community of Ephesus took God's truth, took God's word into this new community of Colossae. And the moment that they brought God's truth into this city, listen, people began to gather, they began to follow the Lord, and the church in Colossae was born. And folks, and here is how those people began to follow Jesus in Colossae. Write this down, it's letter A. It was first by speaking, through speaking God's truth. Now let's go back to the passage. So it says, so of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you since the day you what? And so when you heard it. Now, you know, make a little mark there in your handout in your Bible. Just put heard it, just circle that. Because even though it might seem so obvious to all of us, can I tell you that for the Apostle Paul, it is foundational. This was foundational. Because there's an old saying among, in Christianity that goes like this. Preach the gospel at all times and use words when, what, when necessary. And can I tell you, listen, that sounds nice. It's tweetable, right? You can put that on Facebook or your Instagram, right? It sounds so lofty. It sounds so right. But can I tell you, it is so wrong. Because there's never a time that if necessary, use words. No, 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 no. It is always necessary to you words. Amen, family? Amen. Because it is only the pure, because listen, we can be humble and we can be servants and we can do all these things, but, it's God's, but if God's truth is never spoken, listen up, it is all in vain. Because only the pure truth of God's word has the power to transform, has the power to lead people to come to know Christ. And so listen, if you are here today at one of our campuses and you're brand new to us, 
you chances are that you have things going on in your life, uh, perhaps a marriage issue, relationship, financial, health, something's going on in your life. And you're discouraged, you have anxiety, you have all these things going on in your life. Listen, the only thing that could bring you hope, the only thing that could bring you peace, the only thing that could bring you encouragement, listen, is the pure truth of God's word. Amen, family? Listen, that is the only thing that can bring you what you so desire in your heart. And folks, even though we're all responsible for speaking God's truth, right? We've gone through series here of stressing that importance. Listen, one of the primary ways that we do that is through the preaching of God's word. In fact, listen to how the Apostle Paul puts it in Romans chapter 10, a different book. Listen to what he says. He says, how then will they call on him who they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him who they have never heard of? And how are they to hear without someone what? Preaching. preaching. Now, if you're a Romans by any chance, just mark that as well. Because the word preaching there in, the, in, in this passage is the Greek word caruso. You know, we always like to remind everyone the Bible was written first in Greek and Hebrew. What? Translated into different languages. So the word here for preaching is the word caruso. And it means a public declaration, a public heralding. You see, there's something about the public declaration of God's truth that God creates an environment where the Holy Spirit of God just starts working in, in a very distinctive way. And so God has designed it, right, for the preaching of God's word to have a very specific impact in the hearts of people, folks. And listen, this is what we do every single weekend here at Christ Fellowship. The reason we gather together Listen, the, the, the coffee's nice, the worship is good, all, but ultimately the center of it is the preaching of God's pure truth. Amen. And folks, people follow Jesus not only just through hearing God's truth, but there's another very key component. Write this down as letter B. It's through understanding, it's through understanding God's truth. Let's go back to that verse for a moment. It says, of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel which has come to you. Since the day you what? Heard it. Heard it. So they heard God's truth and understood. understood the grace of God and truth. See, folks, we're called to not only speak, proclaim God's truth, but also to do so in a way that you can understand God's truth, that you can apply it to your life. And folks, that is why I am so proud to be part of Christ Fellowship. Because listen, the teaching team here at Christ Fellowship and the campus pastors, listen, we are committed to teaching God's word in a way that you can understand it and you can apply it to your life. You know, the reason that, you, that we give illustrations uh, in our sermons, the reason we have you fill in the blanks, the reason we give you next steps at the end of the, ser at the, end of the service, isn't, it's not to amuse you. It's not to make you laugh. There's one purpose, and it is ultimately to do so in a way to better help you understand and grasp the truth of God's word. That's what we do what we do. And so every weekend we teach God's precious truth. And here's what I love. And throughout the week, 
our small groups gather together, and our amazing small group leaders lead the way in this, and then we gather together, and through our sermon-based Bible studies, what do we do? We talk about the truth of God that was preached, amen? And we encourage each other, we form friendships, we grow in our walk with the Lord, and so listen, if you are here today, and you feel like, man, I honestly, Pastor, I'm struggling in my walk with the Lord, I just feel like I'm stagnant, man, I want to encourage you, man, join a small group. Chances are you're not in a small group, growing together with other believers. By the way, I always remind you this because it's such a cool thing, that if you're not in a small group here at Christ Fellowship, you are in the minority. Our, our, our records show we have really good records that 73% of our people are in a small group. Folks, can we give it up for our small group team? Amazing job they do. And so listen, if you're not in a group, this is a perfect weekend for you to stop at the next step booth, fill out a little card, check off. I want to join a small group. And I'm telling you, our small group team will help you find the perfect group for you. And so, folks, the way that God designed it, going back to the text, the way that God designed it is not for believers to be individually disorganized. That's not the way God designed it. He designed it so that the people of God would gather around the teaching of God's word and will be strengthened from it together. And folks, this is the method that was implemented in the small little community of Colossae. And folks, that is exactly what we do here as well. That is the vision, that is the model that we have adopted as well. And so folks, listen, if our mission is to help people follow Jesus, Listen, then our vision, our goal as a church, write this down as big number two, our vision, which is brand new, is to establish Christ Fellowship Churches in every single community in Miami. Don't you love that? So that as we go into communities, right, the preaching of God's word begins and people would gather and they could serve that community. You know, it's interesting when you look at this passage that the church in the community of Ephesus did not insist that the people of, of Colossae travel to Ephesus to hear God's truth. No, right? In fact, what did they do? They took God's word, right? They took it, they preached it, and from there the church began. And folks, listen, that model of taking the word to a new community and preaching it there, that is our exact model. And that is why over 10 years ago, listen, we started this model called the multi-site model, right? One church, many different locations. And we went from a church of tw about 2,300 in the weekend to a church of now of nearly 8,000 and a bunch more online. Family, can you just praise God for how faithful he's been to a church as we have done this? Now, don't get me wrong, and I want you to lean in right now, every single person, because this is important for me. We are also committed to helping other churches, all right? We are committed to helping, to serving other churches, new church planters, whatever the case may be. Listen, we're committed to helping because ultimately, listen, we're all in this together, amen? Ultimately, we just want to reach Miami for Christ. In fact, when I, my conversation with Pastor Rick, one of the things that was in my heart was the heart for other, what? Churches, right? That, that's 
We want to be able to be servant church to other churches. And in fact, next year, we're, all, we're having a, a conference here at Christ Fellowship. Where we're opening up our doors, and all different churches in South Florida could come and learn a little bit of what we've learned here at CF. We can learn from them. We can fellowship. Church plans would come, and it'll be a really good. So listen, our heart is for other churches. Absolutely. We, we love the body of Christ. But we also, as a church, as an organization, we got to have a, you know, a focus of ourselves, right? we got to have a focus as what, how we're organized because we just can't be, you know, just going through life with, have, with having a focus of what we were, we're trying to achieve. And so as we were kind of figuring out the focus of what, how we're going to be heading as a church, we started looking at some studies, some statistics historically that have been shown across for, for a long time here at, at, throughout the United States. And here's some, some things that we've seen historically, all right, and it's getting progressively better, but pro historically, the success rates of new church plans are 20%, which means that, sure, they get out, a lot of them get off the ground, but long-term effectiveness, long-term, you know, that the fact that they stay open for a long time, only 20% of churches, of new church plans, historically, are able to really have long-term impact. And then we started seeing that this new model of multi-site, which, which has been facilitated through technology and advancements and all the things that we have available to us, here's what the success rate for multi-site churches, 90% success rate in establishing new churches. And so the difference here is, listen, the difference is as we're processing is that as a, you know, a new church plan, you, you know, there's maybe several families that go with you know, just not a lot of experience trying to do their best and trying to get off the ground. And man, for some of them, they continue. Some of them, they, they start off, but they, you know, they just don't continue. But the differences between a multi-site and a new church plan is that multi-site, you're not just sending some families to a new community. You're sending three, 400 people to a new community right off the bat. And from the get-go, listen, they are not trying to be a church. They are a church already established with the resources, with the know-how. They've, they've, they've cut through all the learning curve. And so that is why so many churches in America are adopting this multi-site model because it's been so effective. And so we as a church, if we're going to be faithful with the resources that God has given to us, right? We're, yeah, we're going to help church planners when they come and, and it's, it fits right and it's the right situation. But our model, our strategy is going to be to establish different Christ fellowship churches, right? So that God's word could be preached in those different communities. Is, does that make sense, everyone? And so that's kind of where we're going. And folks, listen, I have personally seen the effectiveness of one of our campuses. You know, I had the honor in 2013 of starting the Miami Springs campus, and uh, it's just so amazing, honestly, to see so many people come to know Christ, so many people get baptized, marriages restored, addictions overcome, and to see how that group of people in Miami Springs then started reaching out and serving the local community, it just, it just works so perfectly. And it was almost at that moment that I understood, listen, that, uh, that the key to this, this whole movement in, in, in this modern age, is not to try to make one campus bigger and fatter and let's just make the biggest campus we can make. No, 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 no. It's to establish, mobilize the people of God to be in their local community and reach the local community. Does that make sense? And so that is the model. I, I realize that, listen, that is the key to reach Miami for Christ, us, Christ Fellowship. And family, listen, the next community 
that we are about to establish a campuses and preach God's word in is in the community of Doral. Are you guys excited at all campuses? Yeah, about Doral. And their grand opening is in just two weeks, just two weeks, January 26th. And the reason we're so pumped about this is because, first of all, we believe that we have the perfect facility. Man, after long searching, we found such a cool place with a beautiful, plenty of parking, beautiful kids' ministry, state-of-the-art, foyer, worship center. It's going to be simply just, just unreal how amazing this facility is. So we got the facility, but here's the cool part. We also believe that we have it in the perfect location. Let me show you what I mean by that. So this facility right here that we're about to launch in, it's really at the crosshairs of 826 of Palmetto and 836, which means that anybody in central or northern Miami-Dade could get to this Doral campus within 10 minutes on the highway. Isn't that cool? And so it's just such a strategic place. And listen, we all know Doral is a growing community, very just a lot of people moving in. So we believe it's like the perfect place for us to have this, our, our new campus. And so not only do we have the perfect facility, the perfect location, but we believe we have the perfect team to lead that campus. Yeah. And listen, I, I wish I could have bring the whole team up here, but today I'm just going to bring one of those team members, like their campus pastor, Gabriel. You guys get up for Gabe. Love you, brother. And so, hey, pastor, you know, can you just you know, share with our church family at all campus a little bit of of what's taking place in Doral already, the favorite guy showing us. Just, just share with us. Absolutely. Well, church family across all of our campus, who's excited about Christ Fellowship Doral? Anybody? Come on, make some noise. Amen. Miami Springs, let me hear you. Listen, we're so excited. God has done so many incredible things already. The favor that he has shown us in this city. Uh, he has opened doors in schools. Life transformation has happened there in businesses, in hospitals. God is already on the move in the Amen. city of Durham. We're so excited for all that he's doing. Honestly, church, we're so honored that, that we and the rest of the team that we get to lead this campus and we want to be faithful to what he's called us to do. But we're really excited about this because we have three services. Everybody say Three. Three. We have three service opportunities at 9 and 10.45 or in English and at 12.30. ¿Dónde está mi gente hispana? Aquí. Amén. Listen, at 12.30, we have a live Spanish and a live biblical teaching right there for all our Hispanic people. We're super excited about that. And after every service hour that day, January 26th is our grand opening. We have tremenda fiesta right after everything. <laughs> a big party after every service hour just to celebrate everything that God is doing and is going to do. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we're asking church of you guys to do two things. Number one is this, is that you would pray is that you would pray for everything that God is doing. We, our verse has been uh, um, John 15 where he says, apart from God, we can do nothing. Amen? And so we're asking that God would do what only he can do in the people, in the church, in the building, and in that city. And the second thing that we're asking is that you would invite that you would invite, buddy, that also you would invest. Hey, I got your cafecito ready. I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to send an Uber to your house. Invest in the lives of three people and bring them January 26th to our grand opening. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Awesome, guys. And so, church families, and here is what I'm going to ask you to do. If you live north of Bird Road, you're watching, and you live north of Bird Road, east of the Turnpike, or west of the Palmetto, in this little quadrant right here, and then north in all these northern communities. Listen, I'm going to ask you 
that th- to, to come to be part of this new campus, right? Which means that if you live in the communities like Westchester, Sweetwater, Fountain Blue, Doral, Miami Springs, Hialeah, Hialeah Gardens, Pembroke Pines, Miami Gardens, Miami Lakes, if you live in any of those communities, listen, this is your new campus. And this right here is your new campus pastor, amen? And, 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 and listen, your campus pastors know that if you live in that area, this is where, man, we would like for you to go. And if you go against this, you're going against your pastor's wishes. You know, we're, we're, we want to get as many people who live in that region to go to that campus. So if you or live there, this is your new campus. And, but maybe, but maybe you don't live in those communities, but you know someone who lives in, the, in that area. And you know, you've been having trouble getting them to come to your, to your campus because live, you live 45 minutes away. Well, listen, we're all called to be fishers of men, amen? amen? To go and reach people for Christ. And this may be the opportunity for you to say, hey, I, you know how I've always invited you to my church? I want to take you to the new church that's opening right by where you live, not very far. January 26th, like Gabriel said, pick them up, bring them with you. Listen, we don't go to a party by our empty-handed, right? Listen, don't come to this party empty-handed. Bring those people with you because you don't know if this is the moment, if this is the place that God is creating for that person you've been inviting, praying for, for God to work in their heart. Amen? So this is the moment, folks, to to, to, to bring and let's reach northern Miami for Christ. Amen? Guys, give it up for Gabriel. Love you, brother. Folks, listen, we're not only called to bring God's truth to every community in Miami, but also write this down as letter B, to every country in the the Caribbean and Latin America. You know, we currently have 11 different campuses all throughout Latin America and and the Caribbean. Uh, Five in Cuba, three in Colombia, uh, one in Costa Rica, one in Guatemala, one in Ukraine from a long partnership we've had with them before, and we have partners also in, in Jamaica as well. And I know that we always celebrate and talk a lot about these global campuses, but you know, I thought this would be the perfect weekend to give us a little bit of more of a background as to how we, these, you know, what, what these global campuses are. You know, throughout the years, part of, 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 our, you know, of your giving, as, throughout the decades, a significant portion of all that has been going to, these, to, uh, to our global mission boards, right? Follow along with me here for a moment. So, so here's what's happening. So for a lot, for many decades, we've been given to our global mission boards, and, but the reality is that we just didn't know how effective they were being, where, you know, how effective all that money was, uh, was being used for. And so one day, you know, we were just, well, we don't know what's going on, but and we were in Cuba one day, and we were just kind of in a, in a mission trip, and there was, we just started dreaming, and we started saying, well, what about if we just started just autonomous churches, and in, in in that village over there, in, in that group of farms over there, in that community over there. What, what about if we just started and we would help them and get them off the ground? And folks, at that moment, in that trip, that was, that's where our global campuses, the idea of our comp- global campuses began. And so our global campuses, listen, they are autonomous churches. They're not legally ours, right? They're, they're their own church. But they have willingly uh, um, embraced our name, uh, in English or Spanish, depending on their context, or uh, our logo, our mission, our vision, our strategy, 
Uh, when we're launching a new campus, we send our teams there, our directors, to train them, to help them get situated. We resource them. We buy them all the worship equipment. We get all the kids' stuff for them. We get the chairs, the toys, the guest services, the banners, everything they need. We also help the pastors as they're getting off the ground. You know, churches oftentimes are not self-sustaining right off the bat. And so we provide for them. We help them with the pastor's um, uh, salary just to kind of get them off the ground until they're self-sustaining. And here's what's cool about this whole thing. The goal then is that all these churches in each country, right, each country would then start just like they received and they were helped that they give back. But obviously that money will never come back to us. That money will go into a central country fund where everyone would chip into that, and from that fund, more churches could start. Isn't that cool? Yeah. And so, man, we're just so proud of what's happening globally, and I got something to celebrate. Every single week, about 1,100 people come to our global campuses and worship the Lord. Isn't that amazing, church family? And so it's really cool. They go through the same sermon series. They're going through Click Refresh right now. And they, they see one of our teachings every four to six weeks. So it's a really good partnership. And so, so we really shifted our global funds, our global initiatives, a lot of to these global campuses. And it's been amazing to see what God is doing. And we, we have a feeling that there's a lot of other churches that are going to start following suit because, man, it's been so really effective the way that this has been structured. And when we just give glory to God. And so, man, we're going to continue pushing forward in, 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 in our global campuses. But you may be sitting there, you may be thinking, well, pastor, what's my role in this? Well, listen, write this down as big number three. Every single one has a role. Every single one of us. Just, that, just like in that Apollo 11 mission, everyone has a role. We all have a role. And the first group that I want to just highlight is, write this down as A, is our staff. Is our staff. You know, our staff is comprised of, of 143 people who listen, folks, and they have left their lives and their careers behind to serve you faithfully, amen? And so, listen, we have the best staff in the world, and my desire, my hope is that when you see one of our staff members at any of our campuses, listen, that you love and appreciate them because they've left their life to serve you faithfully every week in and week out. So make sure you love and our staff, man. We, they're just so, it's a great group of people. I'm just so blessed to be part of our staff. And, and we have, a, but we not only have our staff, but we have another group of people, write this down as letter B, and that is our board our board, our board of trustees. And our board is composed, is comprised <coughs> of nine different men, <coughs> excuse me, nine different men and lay, lay men and women um, who have, have volunteered to come on board to represent you, the congregation, and they're the ones who really help us process things, think through things, and big decisions. We're all in this together. We, 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 we you know, we're all work together. And so our church, just so you know how we're structured, uh, we're, we're pastor elder-led, right? The pastors are, are, are leading the church, uh, but the board comes along to protect us, to guide us, to give us thoughts, to help us process, and, and, and just really to protect us ultimately. And so we have a really great relationship within our staff, our elder, our pastors, and our board. And man, today I want to take the time to celebrate these lay men and women who, who serve you really uh, to our church. In fact, I'm going to call them up right now this moment at, all ca at, the, at our campus. I want to celebrate them for just a moment. Amen. And so as they, they come up little by little.
Amen. As they come up to a stage, and church family, here's what I'm going to ask you to do, ask you to do at all campuses. I'm going to ask you to stand up, and let's honor them for their service. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up, and let's give it up for our board. Amen. Come on, like, there you go. And you know, listen, I just want to thank you guys because I know that being part of the board, many people do not see what you do, but we know that there's a lot of meetings that we all part of, a lot of things that nobody sees, but man, you guys have been serving our church so faithfully for so many years, and so, man, we just want to appreciate you today and honor you for all that you do, and also want to take the time, according to the bylaws, to the bylaws there's three uh, board members who are transitioning out, and so uh, which, one of them is Jared Waggy. Thank you, brother, and Hector Sanchez. Uh, Dr. Pam Marino, she couldn't be here today, but she's part of also the, the three that are stepping, uh, transitioning out. And then we have three new members stepping in at the start of this year. One of them is Rick Lujan, one is Mike Parra, and Alex Lido. And in fact, guys, give it up for them as well, man. We thank you guys for stepping in and serving our congregation. And you may be thinking, well, who's the leader of this board? Well, is this man right here. Howard Green, guys, give it up for Howard. He's the chair of the board. He's my boss, and so we, we just, we're so grateful. But again, just thank you all for, for all that you do, really. Uh, you serve us, you serve me so faithfully, and you serve our congregation as you represent them to us. And so thank you guys so much for all you do. All right, guys, give it up for them, and thank you so much. We appreciate you guys. You're going to take a seat all campuses. Well, we're almost done. And there's one more group, very important group. Write this down and see. And that is you. You are the most important group in all of this. You know, as I was preparing this message, I was just thinking, you know, so many people forgot the work and sacrifice of Michael Collins. But you know who doesn't forget your hard work and sacrifice? The Lord, our Commander-in-Chief. Amen. In fact, listen to what it says in Hebrews chapter 6. It says, For God is not unjust as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name in serving the saints as you all still do. Listen, every single hour, every single minute, every single effort, every single drop of sweat, every, every dollar you give to everything you do, while we forget oftentimes ourselves, we forget of our own sacrifice. You know who doesn't forget? The Lord doesn't forget. He doesn't forget. One day, listen, we're going to be standing before the Lord. And things that we forgot we did for his name, he's going to bring it back up. He says, I remember everything you did. I'm not forgetting any of your sacrifice. And so you might be thinking, well, Pastor, listen, I love our mission. I love our vision. I, I love the fact that we're going to establish campuses in different places in Miami to proclaim God's truth. And, uh, and, and I'm excited. So, Pastor, what's the next steps? What are the new campuses? What are the future looking like? How are we going to do this? Well, listen, to find out, you have to be at one of our vision and worship nights, all right? This is going to be an amazing thing. I know you've heard a little bit about it, but listen, it's going to be an amazing night where uh, myself, Pastor Rick, Pastor Carlos, listen, we're going to be unveiling a little bit of where we're going as a church. By the way, today is just a tip of the iceberg. If this is all you hear, you haven't heard everything about it. And so you want, if you call Christ Fellowship home, whether you attend every week or sporadically, listen, if you call CF home, you have to be at one of these vision nights. I'm telling you, man, it's going to be, not only are we going to share what's coming up next, but our worship team is, create, is preparing 
and a, a, just a surreal worship experience for you to experience with special elements, with a prayer moment. You want to be at one of these vision nights. And so because we want all the, as many people of Christ's fellowship to be part of this, we're having four different vision nights in three different locations, okay? And so be sure that you log on. I'm going to give you some, a chance now to sign up for one. Um, you can either, the easiest way to do it, all right, this is what we encourage everyone to do, is to go to cfmiami.org slash vision, slash vision, you'll see it. Uh, and then register there. It's one per person, by the way, because we have a special gift for everyone that comes, so we need to get ready to know how many people are coming to each service, to each worship night. So if, it's, if you're a couple, two registrations, three, four, or if you're by yourself, then one, but make sure every person registers. And then if, if on the phone right now, I want to give moments, if on the phone it's not easy for you, we, inside your worship folder, you also have a card that you can fill out. Just check out which one you want to go to and your name, your, all your information. And then on your way out, you'll be able to drop that off, all right? So church fam, listen, this is a defining moment in, our, in the life of our church. And you want to be part of these vision nights, all right? So I'm going to encourage you to be there. I cannot wait to see you all. So I'm going to give you about a minute, a minute and a half right now. Pull up your phones. Go to cfmiami.org slash vision. Register. You can also fill in the card. And then I'm going to give us some next steps shortly after, all right? So take some time right now to register. And then I'll come back. org slash vision or you can do it inside the worship as you continue just to fill that out I'm going to call the campus pastors to come to the front and CF listen for the next three weeks man I cannot wait to see you these vision nights I cannot wait to share my heart with you it's going to be awesome right see you all there God bless you guys love you all what a great message by Pastor Omar if you want to take your next step as a believer we want to hear about it let us know by filling out a connection card at cfmemmy.org connect we want to thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time